Loving Father, we thank you for the precious gift of your word written and for Jesus, your word made flesh. We pray that you'll give us minds to understand your word to us this morning and hearts to obey it. We ask it in his name. Amen. <clears throat> I wonder, have you had a chance to go to a children's nativity this year? They're becoming a little rarer these days because only one in three schools, apparently, have one every year, in spite of the wishes of the majority of parents. One head teacher recently went as far as to tell the children that they had to sing Baby Boy Jesus in the Away in a Manger Carol, rather than Little Lord Jesus, because they didn't want to offend anyone of a different religion, and everybody could join in. Do you love a children's nativity to make your Christmas complete? They're so engaging, aren't they? Heartwarming seeing children in all their innocence retelling the Christmas story in their own inimitable way in spite of all the potential disasters which are all just a part of the fun. I did hear of a third innkeeper who was really peeved not to get asked to play Joseph. So when Joseph asked him if there was any room at the inn, he decided he was going to sabotage the school production by saying, yes, of course, uh, we've got a room right here, come in. But Joseph wasn't to be messed around with, quick as a flash. He peers through the doorway and replies, what, in that scruffy place? We wouldn't stay there if it was the last room in Bethlehem. Frankly, I'd rather sleep in a stable. Kids are always full of surprises. I love nativity plays, and I've seen many of them, because we see children eagerly portraying the timeless truths about the one who gathered children in his arms and said, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Why did Jesus say that? Because children are readily open to awe and wonder, and they're naturally trusting qualities which we can so easily grow out of in a cynical world, but which, Jesus says, we need to recapture if we are to enter into God's kingdom like a little child. No nativity play would be complete without at least three shepherds and one of them probably carrying a woolly lamb. We're thinking this morning about the joy of the shepherds at Jesus' birth. They were, of course, Jewish people who were waiting for God to fulfill his age-long promise to his people to send a saviour, the Messiah, who would put their world to rights and open up God's kingdom to every nation in the world restoring our broken relationship with God. So who did God choose to receive this promised good news? A band of shepherds. Shepherds spent all their time outdoors, looking after the sheep round the clock. They ate with them, they slept with them, and they probably smelled a bit like them. They were amongst the lowest in society, 
But God chooses them rather than the religious leaders or the members of respectable society to be the first to hear the good news which will change the world. For the shepherds, initially in our gospel reading, it was just another long, boring, chilly night when suddenly they were terrified by a blinding light and the sight of a very scary celestial being. And the angel tries to reassure them, don't be afraid. I don't think he has much hope of uh, assuring them not to be afraid. But he says, don't be afraid because I've got good news for you, which will bring great joy to all the world. What is this good news of great joy? God's chosen saviour has been born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the city of King David, his ancestor. King David was Israel's most famous shepherd and king. And God's promise was that the Messiah would be born into David's family line. But this king isn't born in a palace. He's been born on the lower level of a house where people keep their animals and laid in a cattle feeding trough. And as if one scary angel wasn't enough, he's joined by the massed angelic choir of heaven singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favours. And so once they got over their shock, the shepherds, we hear, are overjoyed. They ran from the fields into the town to gaze on the one whose birth had been announced by the angels. So what did they see? Well, they saw a baby. Everyone loves a baby, or almost everyone. But this is no ordinary baby. This baby was promised many years before his birth. Angels announced him as the saviour, the saviour of the world, the Messiah, the one God had chosen to reveal himself to the world. So when the shepherds looked into the manger, what did they see? They saw the face of God in human flesh. And you might say, they were God-smacked. The angel had promised good news of great joy. And that's what they experienced at the manger. Great joy. Not a temporary passing happiness or elation. More a deep-seated sense of all being well, in spite of the ups and downs that we go through in life. Because whatever happens, God is with us. Jesus will be with us from now until eternity and he will give us that joy that was given to those first shepherds. The Son of God who existed before time began entered our time over 2,000 years ago and he confined himself to our space to make it possible for us to know God for ourselves. As a contemporary version of, the, of John's Gospel puts it, the eternal word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. The eternal creator God 
entered his own creation as a helpless baby. Born in a filthy cattle room, making himself vulnerable to disease, violence and premature death. This is how much our creator loves us and wants us to identify and wants to, to identify himself with the human race. That's how much he wants to reach out and welcome us into friendship with him, in spite of our self-centeredness and the rebellious spirit which wreck his world. So it's no wonder that the angels <clears throat> announced the birth as good news for all people. So what did the shepherds do with that good news? Luke says, they went home glorifying God and praising God. They couldn't keep the earth-shattering good news to themselves. They didn't whisper it apologetically. I'm sure they were excited. And they couldn't stop themselves sharing it with anyone who would listen. They had good news. And they had to get it out. Evangelism simply means sharing the good news about Jesus. And the shepherds were the first human evangelists getting the good news of Jesus out into the world. We live today in a world of rapid change in which it seems we can fix almost everything except human relationships. The more advanced our technology, the greater our wealth and the higher our expectations become. The more we are in danger of refusing to recognize our dependence on God and his way of doing things. And then it's only a short step from there to being self-centered and hurting each other as well as hurting ourselves in the process. I gather 65% of the population live with the fond hope of a huge lottery win, which they expect will transform their lives. And yet many winners have found themselves worse off rather than better off as their wealth has brought out the worst in them or in their families and associates. Material benefits may make us more comfortable, but they can't make us happier. They can't give us joy. Meanwhile, relationships and families are breaking apart at a phenomenal rate in today's world, leaving behind a trail of inexpressible pain, unbearable guilt and unresolved grief. And it's to tackle those things that Jesus came into our world with that good news. More and more people today are unwilling to show themselves as they are because they're afraid of being rejected. We don't need to worry about that with God. In Jesus, God offers everyone acceptance and a fresh start because that baby who was born for us also died for us. He has the power to say that whatever we want to leave behind can be forgiven if we confess it. Whatever hurts we continue to experience can be healed. Whatever failures hold us back can be overcome. In our lives can be transformed to be the best that we want them to be. All because of that first Christmas. It all comes as a free gift 
God's great Christmas present to you and to me, to the human race. We couldn't pay the cost of that, but Jesus paid it for us. All we have to do is to swallow our pride, admit our need, and accept Jesus into our lives. It's a free gift to all who trust him. But it's not something that we then keep selfishly to ourselves. It only works as we're prepared to die to selfishness and allow Jesus to remould us in his own image. And then, like those shepherds, send us out to serve him, tell other people about him, and care for the needs of others. And like the shepherds, our lives will be filled with unspeakable joy, not just for Christmas, but all the year round. That's a pretty tall order in today's world. And that's why he doesn't call us to a solo performance. We're part of a worldwide, as well as a local team of believers, pooling our resources, encouraging one another, working alongside each other in the work that God gives us to do. For all its human failings, this is what the church is meant to be. An army of people that God has called out of darkness to spread the light of his truth and his love in the world. And to put that love into practice wherever they are. It's taking the joy of the shepherds that first Christmas time and spreading it round because it's too good to keep to ourselves. A great question to ask ourselves at the beginning of each new day that God gives to us is this. What can I do today to spread the joy which comes from the good news of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us?